0: Five, four, three, three two, two one. one. Welcome to 2020 not Barbara Walters. This is the <laughs> Mosby Learning Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is a brand new year, a chance for all of us to make brand new mistakes again. So that's very exciting. And uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about a few different things, but we're not going to talk about it, just uh, just me here and myself. Uh, and if you're wondering, I'm Dan Hurt from Mississauga, Ontario. And I'm Adam Costix from Dallas, Fort Worth.
1: And I'm Cynthia Gibbs from the great Lone Star State.
0: There you go. Wow. Just that's the most, th- <laughs> that, that is a big chunk of land that you are laying claim to there, but that's all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I told my husband how I introduced myself and he was cracking up.
0: <laughs> what, what, like differently each time? Is yeah. That, is that what he thought was he no, was?
2: Nobody's going to be able to find her in, yes. in, the, in the state. He,
1: yeah.
0: And he's like, good These job. are not the hosts you're looking for.
1: Like, Which interestingly
2: job. enough, though, uh, talking about Texas, I just heard something on NPR that Texas is now has 9% of the United States population. And there's 1,000 people coming to Texas every single day moving from across the country. I know, moving that's into Texas.
0: psychotic, isn't that? I'm sorry, what was that percentage?
2: We are 9% of the overall population of the United States and over 1,000 people every single day come to Texas so we're net, uh, netting basically netting after people leave over 1,000 people That's continuing to come to Texas
0: Is well okay so hang on Is not, are you shocked that, that it's a high number or it's a low number what are you shocked at? I just at? thought that was pretty good
2: I mean there's 50 states exactly. and we're almost 10% of it
1: the other thing yeah, a lot of Californians are moving here so I yeah. think you should move back Dan because we're popular
0: yeah. it's yeah, the well, trend yeah um, well, see, I, I thought California was popular. Why are leave in California going to Texas? That's weird. Because, Tax, could, taxes. Yes. Because Texas, because taxes. everything's bigger there. That's No why taxes. 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 Well, taxes <laughs> because oh, everything's taxes. bigger he was, in Texas. He was using
1: yes. his Michigan accent. <laughs> yeah.
2: Everything. That's everything's right. bigger here except taxes. <laughs> yeah. Taxes. Yeah.
0: Well, they are small. Well, and so there's smaller. a lot of
1: companies moving here. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you can afford well, a house for like less than half the price, maybe sometimes. Oh.
0: Well, let me tell you a story about moving from the uh, the Fort Worth area to Toronto, the center of the Canadian universe. Whoa. House prices are quite a bit different, but um, this isn't a real estate podcast. This is a learning podcast. If you wanted to get the show notes for this particular episode, this is 17, guys. This is exciting. This is good, right? We're, uh, we're, we're climbing leaps and bounds here. Mosby.ca slash 017 is where you're going to find the show notes for this. And uh, Adam is always, he's, he is just sifting through the inbox of Mosby Learning Ooh. at gmail.com. And, and he is, uh, once he actually gets an email, he's going to tell us. And <laughs> we're going to be very excited. We're going to tell everybody else. <laughs>
2: You guys will be so. the first to know. I, yeah, I'm sure right. you'll receive a text whenever that <laughs> email comes in. I think
0: Mosby. I think the Mosby Learning Twitter handle should tweet out what the first email is. Like he's gonna hey, market. Yeah, send it's an email, zone, and it, so. it, you
2: know what? Actually, that's a great, a great point. If somebody sends an email to the Mosby Learning at Gmail, they will. Uh, they'll get a shout out on Twitter and maybe Instagram too. I'm
1: gonna make Even up a fake are, email uh, account and send one. From, uh, what? I'm gonna make a fake email account and send it.
2: Hey, you'll, You're get out, you'll get a shout. You'll get a shout out on Twitter. <laughs> congratulations!
0: <laughs> All right, uh, this episode we're going to talk about a few things. We got some headlines, some uh, some interesting headlines, some that are that might raise an eyebrow or two. Uh, we may touch on also an issue that um, that could it could it be fixed possibly with training. Uh, we're going to look at that before we do though. You done messed up, man. I, we don't really have any significant notes as far as things that we did wrong previously uh, in this recent episode, anyhow. But I did want to quickly. Which just is shocking show that because, there-
2: you know, at the end of the day, I was gone for three episodes. Yeah. And there's been n- nothing wrong. It's been perfect. Yeah, it's three smooth, episodes. We think sailing. it's a
0: trend. It's an un- you know correlation is not causation that's that's Uh i've heard that said before countdowns are perfect everything's perfect portland's not
2: saying anything so (laughs) if we
1: get dinged this next one i think we know what the issue well,
2: we'll
0: have to just see we'll just have to see I don't, I don't know how this See goes yeah wonderful this is just this is just a thing but what I was going to say was there was a couple episodes ago um, actually the first one that uh, that Adam completely bailed on was, uh, <laughs> was wow. the episode with me and Gibbs talking about facilitation yeah. and um, he didn't even tell us he wasn't coming guys he just didn't come it just didn't show up
2: it's kind of like a no well, call no show. Like 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 basically work. when it you're was. just out at work, you're like no call no show, nothing. <laughs>
0: so but don't worry, afterwards we gave him a written verbal warning. <laughs> yeah. So he, we he's being, you know, reprimanded appropriately. But there was a, there was a book that I said I was going to give everybody in the show notes and going back to my moving from Texas to Toronto story. We're st- there's still a lot of boxes that we're sifting through because we just finally got into our final <laughs> resting place here. Uh, gosh, I hope it isn't, but, um, and so I couldn't find, I couldn't, but, but I looked it up and the book is called the secrets of facilitation, the smart guide to getting results with groups. And this is uh written by Michael Wilkinson. And it's, it's pretty cool because there's a lot of good stories that are in there. Good examples, good, uh, good layout of conversation aspects. And actually there are conversation scripts that he, he provides in that book. Uh, So there's a lot of context, and then I think there's about 50 different, like, just, I think he calls them secrets, trainer's secrets or something like that, facilitator's secrets, but um, it's like, it's just a simple, small thing, and you just, it's a light bulb every single time, it's like, oh, yes, that's a very important thing, so anyhow, that was a book that I said I was going to share with everybody in the show notes, and, and in this particular show, I'm confident that I will. Uh, get those in the show notes again. That's uh, mosbyca 017, where you're going to find those. Now, uh, if there's anything else um, that you guys want to throw in into the corrections section, let me know, uh, Gibbs. Anything for corrections? Because I know Adam's been like completely just off the map for almost a month at <laughs> this point. Completely off the grid. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing, Gibbs. Nothing from the the Lone Star State.
1: Uh, no, no corrections. Excellent. Glad to hear it. You know, I'm practically perfect in every way.
0: Practically perfect. That's right. That's, well, this is what we do. This is what you do. I've, I've heard previously you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What? what? do you think about that? Huh? Hey, hey, say that again. You are the average of the peop- uh, the five people that you spend the most time with. So so two are better, two are worse? I'm not. I'm, I'm behavior wise. Behavior like if you took the five people that you spend the most time in, and you turned them into one person, that's kind of who you are.
2: Five people. Does, is this
0: concept just? Is, this isn't. This, this is isn't way, name, about, guys, way about, Way about the I'm trying the
1: habit. to figure out if he's doing a haiku. What?
0: No, it's not. A, <laughs> everything's not a effing haiku. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> This is. I send texts to the everybody out there, the the, the Mosby Army. I send texts to these two, and they're like, "Oh, Dan's doing haikus." again. I'm like, "No, it's a text, you idiot! I just need an answer." <laughs> <laughs> Everything's
2: in a haiku. So, 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 you're saying like you take personality traits or you take capabilities?
0: With- yeah, obviously, it's not height and weight. Yeah, personality traits—the things you say, the ideas you have, those things. So, the so like, four
1: people who you spend the most time with.
0: I'm done. I'm is is who no, you're influenced
1: to be? You like you become them? Oh
0: God, I'm in you trouble. Don't, I don't know if you become them. I mean, it's just you. you like you I, pick 20, up their habits. You become twenty percent of them, I guess. Yeah. There you go. I was gonna oh, say, Chad, Gibbs. I think I think we had like 25
2: hours one week <laughs> yeah, uh, on my I, on Microsoft Office. It tracks like who you spend time with, like from a meetings wants. perspective.
1: And yet so, you want to have a one on one with me tomorrow. I was gonna
2: say we'll have a one on one about that. what we're doing that. right now? I thought. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> Isn't yeah. This let's your take one-on-one? the agenda. And then Dan, I talk to you for hours on every week. So yep, yeah, you guys
0: are parts oh, of me. Gosh, that's frightening. At least 20. percent 20. percent of good my Lord. time so You put your wife in there, maybe a couple kids. but... Boom. There you go. That's me. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on to, uh, to headlines because this is completely, uh, off the trails here. Um, so the next, uh, the, the, well, the first headline, this was kind of a, an interesting one that was called augment your training reality with a video. I don't want to say it's actually much of an article because it wasn't, but I, I did want to talk about it. And this is from. Uh, believe it or not trucknews.com, not a website I had heard of before I saw this article, but it was it's about a product really it's kind of so it's kind of a, an announcement of sorts but the idea is that they can using uh, using smart devices uh, so and I don't mean like overly just like a phone or a tablet anything that has a, a data sort of connection and at least that's the image that I've got from the article which is about I don't know it looks like a haiku itself it's only four small paragraphs um uh, but the idea is that you would use as a technician, uh, presumably working on a truck, you could use this platform to get a subject matter expert in a video conference with you while you're doing the thing. Yes. You're trying to you're trying to fix X, Y, and Z, and then you get somebody on the other. You say, I don't know how to do this. So you, you dial up somebody or you select them from a draw. I don't know how it works. I don't know what so the interface like looks face like. So it's like FaceTime support? Well, so that's what I got out of it. And- to me, it didn't seem revolutionary. Now, what do you guys think about this, just as a concept?
2: I love it from a concept, right? It's, uh-huh. it's kind of real-time uh, help. It's almost like a help desk, more than I think training, per se. Um, uh-huh. It's I get stuck, and let me have a real-time person here uh, to talk to you. But, but I don't really understand the difference between that and
0: what you could do with FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, me too. I th- I think there might be maybe a document sharing element to it. Yeah. Um, well, but you I can also access training modules yeah, within the platform portal. too. So it just so, kind of combines so, it all together. I think so. So I think it takes maybe. So what what do we call this? What if we call it like an intranet or a, an LMS that didn't suck, and we put live support in there if you need it.
1: So Does what if right? the other thing I could think of, so you know how right now on your computer, the tech, uh, IT can go remote and take control of your computer? Yeah.
0: I wonder if yes. like
1: this guy, he's like looking and the guy can watch him do the actual tire change or whatever.
0: Yeah, I could.
2: Yeah. Maybe. It kind of reminds me like in a, in a little bit different, but in the kind of the same, uh, same vein, I was renting a car when I was on vacation for the last month and a half. Um, and at the thrifty rental counter, there was, you know, the standard people standing behind the desk. And then there was four screens. And at mm-hmm. those four screens, they had a phone and you could talk to somebody and that person popped right up on screen and started helping you like they were live. Obviously they were not live. They were in a I don't know where they were, but they were helping customers just like live people. And you think mm-hmm. about scale. Well, well, what
0: do you mean? Why do why do you say obviously they weren't live?
2: Well, they weren't they weren't in person, right? They were live. They were oh, live. So yeah, okay. yeah, 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 they were I live. Getcha. They were computers. But I mean they weren't gotcha. they weren't in person. They yeah. were off somewhere else, right? Probably in a call center somewhere. And uh, yeah. they all had a you know, they looked like they were in an office, their own office, and they were helping clients. You know, rent their cars and everything like that, everything that the person needed that would normally stand up at the counter, which makes sense because then you don't have to staff all these different offices. They can they can staff one office and then help lots of different customers. I think it's kind of the same type of technology, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a remote person Mm -hmm. providing an answer and they're just using a video instead of a phone call. So is there much of a difference between a video and a phone call? You guys think Mm,
1: you can just (laughs) see the person. Well, I, I mean, think it, that's, I, I,
2: go ahead. I was going to say I think it depends upon what you're doing, right? When you're talking about this article, you're talking about the trucking trucking news on doing something from a repair procedure. So I think yeah. that that interaction where you can see what the the mechanic is doing uh-huh. would be critical. So it's like, "Hey, I've got this lug nut. If I don't see it, there's a lot of lug nuts." If he, you know, hoists it up, And as a teacher, I can see what he's doing. It's, yeah, go to your right a little bit. Nope, that one over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That, I can see, actually,
2: pretty powerful. Like,
0: I've been in situations where I have a hard time describing something that, like, just the thing that's in front of me. I have a hard time describing it to somebody. So, maybe just that uh, uh, showing them on the spot, like, this thing, like, the Knuton valve. I don't know what, oh, it's a Knuton valve. Now Mm -hmm. I know. Is that a real thing? Yeah. No, it's a made up thing oh, actually. Okay. It sounded real. But they can yeah. watch
1: you and they can watch you as you're doing each section like, you know, right. now take off this first part and slowly. Yeah, and now do this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but, but I think I think that the technology is cool I don't really understand how it's different Besides just melding it together with other platforms
0: Well, maybe that's it, you know I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either You know, our, mm-hmm. it's, it's like when, when you get a printer That also has a scanner Like, whoa. Whoa, This may be perfect for some people So there's nothing wrong with having the option, option. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, but, and for hmm. those who do better visually yeah. Watching someone do it Rather than someone just telling you over the phone This might be better
0: you know that that brings up a whole other set of problems uh, physically speaking. So you'd have to have some sort of maybe like a, a I don't know if you guys have seen those gorilla pods where it's basically mm-hmm. a um, like a, a tripod, but all the legs are bendy and rubber, so you can put them around anything. Yep. Because if you're having your um, mentor, I'm assuming they're calling it a mentor because the whole thing's called an augmentor. <clears throat> so you know, augmented or augmentation and, and mentor. But um, they would need to see what you're doing. So then you've got lighting issues. You've got stands that you have to worry about or putting stuff, uh, cameras into difficult places, especially if you're a technician. Maybe you're on the field. So who yeah. knows? Who knows what that looks like? But uh, all right. That's it. Uh, unless you guys have anything else that's uh, revelatory on that one. Nope. Gone. Nope. Done with it. I'm done with you. Moving on to five strategies for delivering complicated technical training. And this one was actually, where did this come from? This came from, I want to say TD. Yeah, it's ATD. It? Yeah, TD.org.
2: Yeah, TD.org by Sarah Wakefield. And she just wrote That's it. Right. She just wrote it two days ago.
0: So we're- These are fresh. I, I bring you the Mosby Learning Podcast, not just me. We've got a staff of thousands here. We bring you. Um, the fresh fresh content ladies and gentlemen i mean sarah
2: sarah hit enter submit and it was on the moswi learning podcast that's how fast
0: pretty much yep. <laughs> that's how it works man that's how it works so um, so yeah she's a technical training supervisor and she wrote this article called five strategies for delivering complicated technical training and it's it's not bad there was a couple interesting notes in there does any does anybody else you guys want to take lead on this or uh, you want me to kind of walk through it you can walk through it you can walk through it. We should, we should establish that maybe before the episode next <laughs> time before we get into this. Um, okay, I'm gonna walk through it after I have a sip of water. Let you guys enjoy this. The sound of a swallow that's um, that's a George Carlin bit right there. It is, he's, pre- he's well, a funny dude, man.
2: I haven't Did gone back mean? and watched a lot of his stuff from back in the day. It's been he a long time. You haven't, or you should? I ha- are you
0: sure? I, I should, and I have should, not yes. Yeah, everybody should. Yeah he was one of those guys he was almost prophetic he was he, he would he would say things that now if you go back you're like oh my goodness he knew the whole time yes <laughs> uh, yeah so anyways the uh, uh, sarah wakefield does a nice job kind of uh, describing technical training what it is and it's basically just training on technical things so it's not soft skills you're training on a software you're training on a device you're training on uh, on a thing, a hard thing, you need to move this over there. You need to hit that button, that sort of stuff. And I think, um, you know, I've done a fair bit of that through my career, basically. I've done more. If I had to if I had to draw a line or, or kind of a split the softer side of things with the technical side of things, I'm probably 80% technical, 20% soft. That's probably so where I stand on that.
1: I guess where I got confused on this article, too, is what is really considered complicated technical training? Is it like Cisco well, networking? why is that
0: the word that gets hung up on you? Because that's
1: the title. Delivering Complicated Technical you read the article? Complicated clear about this. Technical Training. I wasn't very clear on it.
0: Well, it's just... I guess... Okay, so operating a blender, maybe that's not complicated.
1: Yeah, I mean, Processing
0: alone through software with a lot of inputs and outputs, I would say that's complicated.
1: I, yeah, I guess. Is I that don't... a fair distinction? Yeah, Did but... I answer your question? Maybe. I think technical training would be like driving a military tank. All the buttons there. That sounds complicated. That's complicated, but not (laughs) like the systems we train.
2: Well, I think she's talking about, and I think she kind of hits on it, though, is like training developers when they're working with SMEs and they're just their eyes glass Mm -hmm. over. Or the training developer who's trying to build a course that doesn't understand the context. Like, like, let's say we we went and contracted something out. Yeah, it doesn't sound hard for us to teach a you know in our world, uh, Gibbs uh, mm-hmm. to teach a loan origination system because we do it all the time. But we go out to a contractor who's never done mortgage originations. They're gonna be like, "What is going on? I don't understand any of this." And so I yeah, think but that's what's if what you're going
0: from about. one technical, um, like one military vehicle to a similar military vehicle, maybe that's not complicated. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we just have to... Move on from that distinction. Um, and so <laughs> one of the uh, things that I kind of liked that what she said in there was, because this comes up in another article we're going to talk about here, is it's a field fraught with challenges, some of which you may never anticipate. And I think that's it with soft skills, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's easy, I don't want to draw that comparison, but there might not be a situation that comes up in the room. That's complicated. You might have to talk about something that happened previously, and hopefully you can leverage some ideas about how it worked. But um, when you're training a system, I mean, everything has to work properly, the um, Maybe the, the practice elements, like I know with, when it comes to working with loans, the practice loans that you might be working with have to be set up properly. All the third-party stuff has to be functioning properly, and the system itself has to work. Otherwise, things can go sideways, and if you got a group of 10, 15 people sitting there and it goes sideways, you gotta, you got to do a little dancing. you know, you got to kind of move.
2: So are you saying that technical training is more difficult?
0: I'm not saying it's more or less. Wait, then soft skills? Yeah. I guess I'm saying that the, um you know, and this is kind of based on the the line that's in here, it's fraught with challenges, some of which you may have never anticipated. I think that like a system going down, systems don't go down in soft skill training. You might have somebody that says, oh, I really had this issue, blah, blah, blah. And you can kind of talk through it, work through it, maybe use it, but a system doesn't really go down. True. Whereas in technical training- it does, and they do. Does that make sense? It does. So I'm not saying one's harder than the other. I'm just saying that there's different problems, and the problem that you may confront is uh, is that, exactly. Things just go sideways, and they don't work like they're supposed to. One of the five things that she said, though, to make things a little bit easier, learn as much as you can. As much as you can. It seems obvious, I suppose, but I think one of the challenges is if you're new to material, how do you learn as much as you can in a field you're completely unfamiliar with. You know what I mean? Have you guys ever been in a situation where you've had to kind of I don't want to say learn on the fly, but that you're you've been given a thing that you really know nothing about and you now have to train on that or have to develop training on that. Is that familiar?
1: Have you worked for Adam?
0: I have. <laughs> <laughs> Just go make that. I have. Go take care of it.
2: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: well, tell me about tell me about an experience, Gibbs. That's what we're doing here. Or, or how have you handled the situation where you've had to learn something, not, not in the next six minutes, but you have to develop something to create something. how do you learn something, um, to create material for it?
1: So, um, okay. So we're going to talk about HSBC,
0: um, oh, as one yeah. of the things, I yeah. need a bell. I need a bell. So, know. so
1: did, did, you know, um, so there's been a lot of companies I work for in the financial industry and because I've worked for a lot of them I had to learn those parts of the financial industry. Um, so auto was what are you doing? You, people, I'm tell me, to get a bell. people tell me to Does talk
0: that work at all <laughs> There we go, we the bell from now on.
1: Um, and so almost you know, I walked in into the auto world as a trainer. No auto industry experience, things like that. Um, And so I had to learn collections. I had to learn how to be a funder. I had to learn how to be a buyer. Um, And I had to learn back in collections in order to train all of the various roles um, of it. And so, you know, we had a... We were lucky back then because it wasn't a lot of baptism by fire. We had whole processes. Um, and, you know, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day, too. What I, you know, one of the things we did while we were there was even if you were a collections trainer, as a trainer, you were required to spend eight hours a month in their actual department actually doing their job. Wow, that's great. Um, and so I would do eight hours a month of collections because it was required. It, there was no getting around it. Um, it was a little different in a couple other areas because people got paid bonus off of it, obviously. And so it became a little different. So it, so we created different things where there were other times where, the, where I would have to take supervisor calls. Or there were other times where I would have to audit work etc because I
0: was so you're still doing the uh-huh. job though right
1: because now, I wasn't wh- really allowed to mess with you know their compensation they were going to get for it
0: well that seems reasonable mm-hmm. to me um, what, um, what about uh, working with Smee's like did you ever um, interview Smee's as part of it
1: oh yes and um, we would interview Smee's with the whole material was built back from Smee's and the information they gave us the Smee's also re- re- uh, reviewed The materials and approved it. It wasn't necessarily managers or directors who approved it. It was the actual SMEs. Um, Mm. and it was always presented as the reason being a SME is a privilege. Um, and a lot of times, you know,
0: wait, what do you mean by that statement? Mm.
1: Because of your expertise and because of how great of an employee you are, you are getting the privilege to do this special project with training.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, and we had this big and letter right now. I, I can attest to that um, at HSBC when we were when we did work there. You know, I was in a totally different area, but Sme's it was kind of an honor to be a Sme. It was like I'm working on this project to help <laughs> the organization. Um, that yeah. kind of permeated throughout the culture into different ch- into different areas.
0: Did this, so when did this change? When did this change, this idea of, okay, I have to work on training to de- – like, where did the enthusiasm go for developing training to make the organization a better place? I, I think it's a culture thing based on your organization.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and also, too, I think it's also where, – where did it change, too? I think some of it changed with the constant need of every quarter has to be better in most companies, right? Mm-hmm. So – you, you know when you have to play the long game you look at things like training when you're playing the short game of saying hey we're, we got to do our stockholders that need every single quarter to have more growth they don't look at it that way it's everything I can do for these next 90 days and then <clears throat> my report cards next 90 days whereas training a lot of times the impact you know yes we have we have an impact but it also generally is not a 90 day impact it takes a lot longer for us to make that immediate impact and I think over time mm-hmm. That that gets looked behind or forgot about.
0: So it sounds like you blame capitalism. Um, I, I yeah. completely blame <laughs> capitalism. The, um, yeah. Wow, I, I was hoping we wouldn't have to go there, but uh, <laughs> here we are. So the
1: other thing, though, I think too. Yes, I agree with Adam. With it's a cultural change. Um, I think. Uh, I think also back in the day, uh, we training at, at least at HSBC got to the adult table. For lack of a better term, Um, Mm -hmm. we weren't seen as a group that supports you. We built the relationships where we were partners. So when we told them, hey, we need this long, let us show you some analysis, let us show you what the whole process and what it's going to take. And because we've given them the results throughout time and showed them by allowing us this time, look at the impact it's had, they trusted us. And they trusted that, you know, if you give us the time to make these quality products and this quality training, the future will definitely look like this and that we're tired of Band-Aids and how Band-Aids only did this.
0: That's good. I, I want to try to take this to a smaller level, though, because uh, we're we're getting very, very high, and this is kind of more of a of a of a of a lower level sort of article. That's how do you do technical training better? So uh, this this first one was learn as much as you can. One of the things uh, that she mentions in this particular the opening line here of this uh, section is uh, you, that it will ev- ask as many questions as possible, learn as much as you can, and it will eventually help. And that's one of those things that I've found where I'm going through user manuals. I'm going through quick reference guides. I'm going through the source material. And I kind of go over it a few times, flip through it a bunch of times. And then a month later, I, oh yeah, there was something. And I'll go back to it and have a look at that, you know. Um, all right. Uh, the, the next piece here, make your own dictionary. Have you guys ever done that before? Made your own dictionary based on the content that you're learning?
1: I have to for mortgage. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah I was going to say, that's actually something that... Um another side of uh, our team just made is you know with mortgage there's so many mortgage terms everything's an abbreviation and so yeah. you know you got ltv and cltv and you know arms and fha yeah. every single thing va like they just abbreviate everything so i think dictionary was pretty easy in the financial sector um mortgage i've seen in auto loans mm-hmm. you know we we used it a lot um mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's other industries that that do a lot of abbreviations that works. I did, when I was in pharmaceuticals, I had a dictionary, a lot of um, interactions and different things that I had to remember. Um, So I kind of created my own dictionary. Now I was on the sales side, but I created my own dictionary nonetheless to be more successful because it was like I needed to remember these types of, you know, uh, different uh, terminology and whatnot. And so the dictionary helped.
1: Were they words you couldn't pronounce?
2: Yeah, pretty much I just make it all up doctors would look at me and I just
0: keep going. Like, God, well, who is yeah. this An idiot? <laughs> um one of the uh, uh one of the things that I had done in a previous life before I made it to uh, to work with you guys was I was working on so my first job as a trainer, I, you know, I, I knew a re- I had a retail sales background and that was it really. And then just come out of my book learning for, uh, for L and D stuff. And so I went to this, it was, it was a bank and I was working on the mortgage side of things and I had such a, it was a curve. It was a long curve, but eventually, you know, it started moving up as far as knowing and understanding the material, because what I had realized is that there were a lot of, and this is maybe more of a story about bringing people into, a, a, an L and D team where, so many of the trainers had come from the business. Yep. They weren't prepared as a team to have someone come from outside of the business. There was a lot of assumed knowledge. So I had to really, really make my own stuff. And it was, I had so much scar tissue from it. What I wanted to do was make it easier for the next person. And so I developed these series of facilitator guides, which I think are still in use today wow. uh, for people that are learning the particular classes that uh that we had to be responsible for that we had to train. and part of those class are those facilitator guides to learn the material become kind of a not a subject matter expert but you know at least a, a qualified uh, instructor were these uh, D, I called them DIY definitions yep. where it's like okay go ask somebody about this and mm-hmm. he, here's the word go ask him about that go talk to them about that and then come back and in this spot of this PDF write <gasps> your own definition for that thing so it was kind of a structured activity for the or the uh the trainers so they can get a handle on it and and kind of pass it downstream and um yeah like i say still being used uh today and that was like six years ago that i made those things so that's um i think making your own definitions is important it's very important uh, another thing here try it out i don't think there's anything special there but um i don't think there's anything that i've had to train on that i didn't do myself like i mean that that's when i was working when i was working there and at, at my previous place before you guys uh like i spent a month and a half just stumbling around the system turning over stones and seeing what buttons did you know i mean that was that was incredibly valuable for me um be, being kind of a hands-on person uh is, is there anything you guys can think of where you didn't do that
2: that's what i'm wrecking my brain is like you you pretty much have to do it um now yeah yeah i mean you pretty much have to do it i I think actually though you know i'll I'll look and say from a team perspective yeah um we probably don't do enough of a good job of it um you know it's something that i I, actually bringing this up probably need to get better at of sending out the team to go and see some of the things and so yes we're talking technical training but talking any type of training right so if we say hey we need to go train our salespeople well we should definitely go out in the field here and there, right? We should go see yeah. what they're doing, or do a ride along, and uh, you you know, bringing that up. I probably do a bad job of kind of getting at, getting the team out there to do some of those ride alongs. Um,
1: but not even just ride alongs. We're talking all of the areas we support. Uh-huh. You know, have you, yeah. you you spent time in originations? You yeah. know, if you're yeah. training or just it, wherever. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. training yeah. it every month, we you need to be spending time in there every month to stay yeah. fresh. To see it. You know. and to learn new things.
2: So yeah, so I think it's 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 both, I, but I think, you know, as a as a as a trainer, I think she's she's spot on, you need to go out there and kind of see it, feel it, touch it um and be part of it uh, to kind of live it so you can train it effectively. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: That reminds me of a Journey song with Love and Touch and Squeezing. Ooh, that, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and I think a great thing about it, and, and one of the things it allowed me to do by doing that every month, uh, is I got my own examples.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I yeah, could yeah.
1: still use, you know, the you know, one collector did this, or an LC, you know, something an LC does, but I can actually give my own true Examples and yeah. relate more to their experiences because I yeah. spent eight hours a month doing their job.
0: Uh, an LC, uh, you just use the acronym LC, uh, loan consultant.
1: Yeah, loan uh, consultant. I uh, in the Mosby
0: um,
2: okay. Learning Dictionary.
1: Collector, there you go.
0: There you go. Funder, yeah. whatever well, job is it is. It's a little bit more of a word. Yeah, yeah. LC. Not quite accessible. Yeah, and yes. I think Employee. that builds the
1: credibility. It's so yeah. important to build that credibility. Yeah. Especially with yeah, certain that was,
0: groups. That was one of the things that I kind of struggled with in certain parts too, because um, I would have to bring in, uh, bring in people and I, I got to tell other people's stories sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, it's difficult to kind of beat that down and, and, and get comfortable with telling that. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Reservoir Dogs where I think he's talking to that agent and he's trying to make sure that he gets the story straight. So he's telling it's like, it's a first person story as a, I think the guy's, in a restroom and there's a cop that comes in with a cop or something like that. Or the cop that comes in with a dog. Well, oh, no, It's been a long not- time since I've seen yeah. it. Is. The people that get it will get it. It's not a joke. I mean, it's just you have to you have to kind of embody the story so that it sounds legitimate when you tell it to give yourself credibility and not look like a complete sham. Uh, but deep down we know. All right. Um, two more pieces. Tie the topic to a job or task whenever possible. That seems easy enough. And the next one that I thought was interesting um, and the last thing, and then we'll move on to a different article. Ask for analogies. That's, and she's, she's kind of referring to talking to subject matter experts and asking them for analogies about the material. Love and I it. thought that was really interesting. I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, I'd never thought about that, but it's a good idea because so many, so often, I try to provide an analogy, and I don't really push subject matter experts. Say you give me one, um, because maybe my analogy doesn't work. You know, it's possible. I'm just, I'm just saying it's possible. It's not likely, but it's possible.
1: <laughs> Same old Dan. <laughs>
0: So, again, the uh, the articles are going to be found at mosby.ca slash 017 for this episode. The next one I want to jump to is the uh, Royal Canadian Air Force puts restrictions on training aircraft after three engine-related incidents. So, these training aircrafts, they say three engine-related incidents, but they were in... Other militaries, so there. So May through November, there are these particular uh, vehicles, these training uh, training aircraft, which I think is a CT one fifty one or one fifty five Hawk. That's uh, that's one of the things that we use. And uh, I bet you guys didn't even know we had a military. Well, we do. Okay, we do. (laughs) It's terrific. But the.
1: so is it like not, well no it, the Mounties are the police right okay. that's right
0: okay well they're they're like they're like your Feds if I can use an analogy oh they're really like the Feds they're not like the state really? police really yeah no uh so we have here we have the OPP the Ontario Provincial Police so we have state police but the Mounties are the uh, are the federal um yeah federal but, police then, but force, then yeah.
2: what do you call police
0: which police like regular Wait. police police OPP well no those are, those would be the state ones. What well, you—the uh-huh. equivalent of your state troopers?
1: Okay, so Mounties yeah. are do you have a CIA? federal, like FBI.
0: Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What I about what CIA? Federal, yeah. What? Do you have a CIA? CIA, yeah. That's called CSIS, actually. Huh.
1: Or are we do, we do are the Mounties here. like the Texas Rangers?
0: No, Texas Rangers are their own deal. Oh. I don't think we have a, an, a ranger equivalent. I could be wrong. Could do be you wrong. have an army? That's neither here nor there. Do you have an army? Do we? Yeah. Well, yeah. This is a this is part of the air force thing. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, that's that's different, right? Do you have yes. marines? Uh, no, you're right. So we have an army. We don't have. Uh, I don't know if we have marines. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. You have I never I never claimed to be an expert on Canadian military <laughs> information. I never claimed this, so send your complaints to mosbylearning at gmail.com and Adam can pass them along to but me. But you're like our only uh,
1: Canadian friend, that's why.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys need to get a more diverse group of friends.
1: Did you All miss right, us, Dan?
0: So, <laughs> It's been a nice holiday season, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been nice, you know. Yeah. All the, right, so the, um, the
2: RCAF, which is it could go into ro- our dictionary, the Royal Canadian Air Force.
0: That's right. That's okay, right.
2: So they they had basically no longer allowed training.
0: That's not entirely true. No, what they did was they kind of locked up the um excess use of these the particular aircraft. No, I am I'm reading it right now. <laughs> I'm glad somebody prepares for this, guys. Did this time. That being me, they, so, uh, they stopped using, like, public support things. So, if you guys have, like, a flyover, you know how they do flyovers sometimes huh? or yeah, air shows? Yeah. So, they stopped doing extra sort of things and they just kind of dialed back a little bit. But here's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this was because this goes back to the technical training piece where... Things can go wrong. Some now, nobody was injured in these these interesting um, uh, incidents. There, there were malfunctions of sorts, but it seems like the people were able to handle them. And. Uh, with technical training, you can't always rely on, you should, you, I mean, in this case, especially if you're, you know, 20,000 feet in the air, you want to rely on the equipment, but maybe something does go sideways and it's best to be prepared. And that's actually one of the things that they did. And I'm going to read this paragraph here. It's because uh, it's it's not only a sentence, it's also a paragraph. Uh, RCAF has decided to reduce all non-essential flying like fly pass, which support uh, and support to public displays and boost the training on engine related emergencies, so that air crew are better prepared to handle an emergency. Now, how often have I heard the phrase "We train to a perfect world, you know, like the training. Exists only so far as the smoothness of the process, or we follow the bouncing ball, but we don't go outside of it. And I think that largely that's kind of the role that we should occupy because if all you do is train to exceptions, and this always pisses me off when everybody's like, well, what about, well, and I, and I <laughs> the questions are perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with the questions, but it's like the, you know, that one asshole that just wants to be like, well, what about, well, what about? It's like, no, man, just, just, no, just be quiet and we're going to do this thing properly. <laughs> uh, and then if you want to keep bits on lunch and come on over, you know, let's have a ham sandwich. We'll talk about it. But um, it, it's it's uh, I I just wonder if there are times or, or have you guys ever decided like this particular issue or this era we're going to train to and we're going to include that in the material you ever done that?
2: haven't really done that but i can see a need for that right so depending upon you know other industries specifically you give them an error and then you you focus on how to solve that error Mm -hmm. and so you're you're basically creating simulations with errors that you have to have people think about right so i don't necessarily know if it really makes sense for a lot of what we do um but I definitely see an opportunity for that of, you know, hey, this is going wrong. What are you going to do in that situation? And then you can think about how do you course correct or what's your remediation plan?
1: Yeah. And from the area that, like I could see that for like, (laughs) I'm thinking, I could see that for like IT training who troubleshoot.
0: Well, you know, I was thinking about this because I think when we did our our, our kind of uh, for the for the brief minute in history, we were bringing people back for more training. Um, we had I had built into the loan scenarios a couple specific mm-hmm. errors. Um, so that they could see that, but there were errors that I think were common enough out there in the world that they would have confronted them. but this was already after they hadn't established a really strong baseline of like base activity. And this was kind of like a 2.0 sort of training where it was supposed to take things to the next level and help them dig deeper into issues. So, um, I think there's appropriate time to train two problems, but, uh, you don't want to have it exclusively in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not exclusively, but you know, you don't want to have it too much in the material. All right, there's one more for training, uh, training related things, and this is from the Bangkok Post. So where um, did you
2: get this article? I, I, I just I, 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 found, I looked at well, the title. The like, uh, you,
0: is that normal reading for you, or yeah? No, I just what do you want me to do, do? I mean, I'm looking for articles about training. This is this is one training <laughs> just offered. Just really weird articles workers. this week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so so. I am next to one of the biggest countries in the world that seems to have some article about immigration all the time, so I thought, why don't we talk about this? Illegal workers, you guys ever seen an illegal worker hanging out on a home depot? No? No, we have a wall. Okay, well, I, once you get your wall, you might not have that problem, but so, so here, here's here's the thing.
1: I was confused did, did, by this article.
0: You were confused by it. I think there's some important things that are left out of the article. I'll tell you that right now. But here's the deal. I mean, the short version of this is that there are what did they say? Ten I thousand, eight thousand, just a thousand. just a thousand. What? It just a thousands. Thousands. All right. Well, yeah, thousands. So there are thousands of. Um, Thai workers in South Korea that have overstayed their visitor, vi- visitor visas because they're not are their traveler. Yeah, they're traveler visas, but they're not actually traveling. They're working there. And so there's thousands of these folks hanging out in uh, South Korea. And uh, South Korea said, y'all got to get out. Uh, by uh, by July 1st of 2020. So that clock's ticking man. and if they don't get out by then they can be, they're gonna have a 10- year ban from re-entering the country along with uh, steep fines because you know they're working illegally, which you know you're not supposed to do. I know this because I worked legally in America for several years, and uh, it's hard enough to do. So so what was interesting, what I thought, and the only reason why I brought this up, uh, not because they refer to Thai massage, massage shops in Seoul, but um, because they say that uh, Thailand's going to offer these returning.
1: Oh, is that uh, who's offering it?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, Thailand. Yeah, it's Thailand, yeah. It's when you come back, saying, we're going to train you.
1: Okay, so That's right, I the, was really confused on that part.
0: Well, now you know. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. Miss missed yeah. the
0: word. Okay. So, th- yeah. So Thailand <laughs> is saying, hey, come on back. Uh, well, Korea is saying GTFO. Y'all need to leave, and Thailand's saying, "All right, come on back." And the Institute for Skill Development and Office of Skill Development are going to provide training in uh, seventy-six provinces. I didn't know how many there were in Thailand, but there's at least seventy-six, uh, which I thought was interesting that they would retrain people. Whether they're and they, they list kind of uh, what are they uh, classes in massage, cooking, and construction. So maybe that uh,
2: Which I just thought that that was really interesting. Of, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're going to train you to help how you to the country. Sandwiches. How to get massages, how to cook, <laughs> and then construction work. Like, like wow, those are, those are f- so obviously can... in demand. Well,
1: and in it demand.
0: seems...
1: What? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. What? Those, like... I feel like you guys are reading... Did they have, to... like, a lot of
1: restaurant... To... A restaurant boom? <laughs> yeah. In
2: and a lot I of massage restaurants. That's what I the understand. the construction piece. work to make restaurants yeah. and massage parlors, but it's just kind of an interesting three things that they're deciding to and, train and, them on.
1: And, okay, this is where we're going to get dinged from Portland. But being Asian, usually Asian massage parlors are something else.
0: Well, <laughs> here at least. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is a family podcast, Gibbs. Come on now. And that's no, news from the Bangkok Post. Yes, from the Bangkok Post. Uh, and and of course that link you can find at mosbyca 017 because we want to make sure you guys are up on things. I, it's come on, it's an interesting article. Uh, okay, moving on because that's the end of that nonsense. The, there was a there was a thing that uh, that I wanted to. T- we still have a couple more things to to go through here, folks. So we got uh, uh, we got a big chat that we're going to talk about regarding some uh, some customer service training. Well, at least a a medium chat. Let's call it that. <coughs> Excuse me. There's Um, one more
1: article, though.
0: Is there?
1: Yeah, the Detroit Fire Guys.
0: Ah, well, so that's not so much an article as it is. Something that I want to talk about, is this a training issue? So oh, here's the article, sorry. the article okay. no that's okay that's okay that you're absolutely right there's another article but it's not it's this is this is a can training fix it situation and this is also hot off the press this is a January 2nd article and uh, that's today so um, the Detroit firefighters may face discipline after posing in front of burning house. I but, think I read that properly after you posing did. in front of burning house yeah so it sounded awkward but that's because it's a headline from the um metro times detroit metro times now detroit has a long colorful history of burning shit down yes uh they really really do yes. I, you well you, yeah you live there so uh, angel's night you remember angel's night no it was it was devil's night it got so bad at Devil's Night they had to rebrand it Angels Night, yes, and then they had yes. troops of people walking around to try and prevent things from getting burned yeah. to
2: the ground. And you know, I, people around the country. So Gibbs, have you ever heard of Devil's Night?
0: Mm-mm. You haven't well, heard of Devil's yeah,
2: night? no? It's a it's a Midwest Detroit thing. Yeah, and I'm so not, well, that's weird. I'm not a Midwesterner. Yeah. So. so so here's what Devil's Night is basically: uh, the night before Halloween. Detroit burns shit. Their houses, <laughs> they run around and Why? burn houses to the ground. Like night.
1: a riot?
2: No, they just burn houses, like arsonists. So there's so many Good vacant Lord. houses across Detroit. And uh, this, I mean, it's been going around like since the 70s. And they just uh-huh. burn houses. So, I mean, it's, it really doesn't happen as much today. But when I was a kid... Devil's Night, and people would go out, you'd egg houses, things like that. We, you know, that's what we, we did as kids. But yeah, just in the city, trouble. they would burn houses. the The whole city would burn. And it was called Devil's Night.
1: That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, just a, a quick, a quick, a uh, quick note here, uh, um, Adam. You are a uh, Sparty, is that true? I am. And they're not entirely innocent from burning things, uh, historically speaking. So. I- I just, I don't know if you're qualified to talk on this story. That's all I'm saying.
2: I went through several riots when I was uh, at Michigan State. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was there. Uh, yeah, actually. I, Go I, uh, blue. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, no, I, I did, uh I was, uh, I don't want to say part of, but I, I was through a couple riots out um, out through Cedar Village and also Gunson Riot. And, uh, uh, what I learned out of, of that entire thing, and this is actually very important for people: if there's tear gas, oh. you do not go in the basement.
0: Oh, that's good. That's that's yes. a helpful tip. So you Why? know, if you that's run, a Mosby learning tip. I love because so so oh, there's no gas. air vents.
2: No, in tear gas actually goes down, right? So it it, it kind of stays low to the ground, oh. and so we all ran in, and you know, all the houses in in, in Michigan they have uh, basements, and so. We were out on the streets in Cedar Village. Cedar Village is a, kind of a dumpy apartment complex where, you know, all the college kids live, and that's where some of the fires were going on. And then we're out there, kind of, you know, partying, drinking, and doing all of that. And then the cops shot tear gas, and so we ran into one of the houses because we were out on the front lawn. We ran into one of the houses that was next to the apartments, and they all had basements, and so we kind of ran down to the basement. And then all the tear gas came down, and yeah, so good lord. So Crazy. if you're ever doing anything like that. But, yes, I I did and was uh, around for several of the riots when they first began. Uh, there was three, I believe, when I was there. Definitely two. I believe there was a third.
0: It's a little hazy. <laughs> uh, My whole so, six-year so,
2: career was too, yes.
0: <laughs> so, okay, I'm bringing this up because, I mean, it's obviously it's, – it's a little – it's um, – it's it's an interesting article. There's a bunch of maybe, what have we got, 15 guys, something like that, a bunch of firefighters, and we're posing in front of a house that's burning down in Detroit, and it's not too far away from a house. It's it's about 10 feet away from another house that's right beside it that's not yet burning down. And it seems like some people thought this was in bad taste. Now,
2: <laughs> the uh, picture is uh, ridiculous. Uh, you need to post <laughs> a picture on the show notes, on this one. Uh, in uh, fact, yeah. we should just change the logo of the podcast to that for – for this podcast,
0: <laughs> this is this is the show note.
2: That's the show you note. Know, that's the that's what's gonna pop up in the feed because the picture is just classic. Probably not a good idea.
0: Probably not a good idea. No, the uh, this this photo was posted on Facebook and later taken down after firefighters discovered they may be in trouble. More than fifteen firefighters were far, photographed posing in front of a vacant house with flames burning through the roof, dangerously close to another vacant house. The picture was posted on the Facebook page of Detroit Fire Incidents page, which is run by civilians. Below the caption, crews take a moment to get a selfie on New Year's Eve. So this is this is is. Let me ask you. So first off, as we always do. Is this a training problem? But but before we answer
2: that, the story gets a little bit better. You didn't read the next paragraph there. It must be somebody's retirement also because the Detroit fire commissioner was not yeah. abused. And he says, there are a lot of ways to celebrate a retirement. Taking a photo in front of a building fire is not one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that—that that, that was uh, Detroit Fire Commissioner Eric Jones. That is the way to amused. go out. I,
2: I got to tell you, when I retire, I just want to stand in front of a build a burning building. <laughs> I'm
0: out. He's out. <laughs> so okay, so uh, so you you've got the pretty much the full picture now, ladies and gentlemen. And do we think this is a problem that needs to be solved? Let me ask you that. Yes. Okay, so we think it's a problem that should be solved. People shouldn't be taking selfies in front of Bernie buildings. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't know. Maybe the other building was scheduled to be burnt down I don't know maybe the other building is is already been like hosed down and this is just a controlled burn because sometimes you got to do that you know sometimes you can't save it sometimes what's there is not worth saving Um, and I don't mean to bag on Detroit but I mean there's some stuff there that it looks like it's already burned down so if it's burning down just get out of the way and let it fall you know Um, but so
1: assuming. I thought because for a second, I thought, uh, you know, a lot of what firefighters do for training is they set old houses on fire and then they work on putting them out. And that's part of our training and then demolishing it um, where I live down. Actually, on a main road where I live. Uh, that I drive down every day, there used to be this house there, right? And it was uh, abandoned, etc. Well, uh, the firemen came in, set the house on fire, and completely demolished it and used it as a trading situation. Oh, interesting! Yeah, and so it was kind of cool because you were driving by and you were watching them train and practice doing it, etc., and putting Did they it do out. It at, they
2: probably didn't do it at the stroke of midnight though on New no. Year's Eve.
1: yeah, and yeah. so when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, maybe they're doing a training thing."
0: So, well, well I guess well we we don't know that they weren't. It doesn't seem it doesn't as though seem I, like at least the it. fire commissioner didn't think they were. He he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't say explicitly this is not a training thing, but um, he doesn't say otherwise either. I don't think so, it
1: was, but when I saw the picture, I thought that's what reminded before Jeff. even starting to read the article, I was like, oh, maybe it was a training thing. Because, you, know, you know, our I, podcast is about training.
0: There's <laughs> – um, it, well, it is. Speaking of... Uh, so, kind of on a related note, um, I'm listening to an interview with, uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast, the a guy named Forrest Galante, who's a bio... Oh, boy, what is he? He is a some sort of... Da, 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 da. I don't know what the hell he is. He's a bi- uh, biologist though of some sort, and he was telling a story about how he got bit by an animal, and and you know he takes pictures of a lot of the wildlife that he's with, uh, mm-hmm. but he's you know he's steeped in wildlife, and and people have actually approached him and say, hey man, stop taking so many pictures with wildlife because other people are doing it too, and you know how there's always a bunch of idiots that take a picture in front of a bear and then they die because they tried to take a picture in front of a bear and it killed them, you know like it's just one of those things where okay maybe these. Guys guys know what they're doing and it's not a big deal but it, it's out of context so it doesn't look great and if other people did it it would be bad form and i don't know maybe, maybe it is something that they shouldn't have done but i guess if it's something they shouldn't have done is this something that should come up in training or is this just an obvious thing we think i'm gonna
2: go with it's an obvious thing it's an obvious yeah, thing it, right,
0: it, so it, it's like, not it, a
2: training issue it's, it's not a training issue because it, even taking the picture is in poor taste. even if it was a training. I think it's important because of the, you know, they are, quote, pillars of the community, right? They're telling people what to do and Wait, stopping Who said that? Who said oh, that? Firemen, firefighters, right? They're looked upon. You know, they're no, no,
0: no. We want to look at athletes and musicians. Those oh, yeah, are the yeah, definitely yeah, athletes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. love that. and athletes.
1: actors.
2: Yes, actors. Um, yeah, actors too,
0: yeah. but uh,
2: Instagram models, that that whole thing. But I think at the end of the day, even posting. You know, they're not showing what people should do. So Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be posting it, even if it was a training thing, which it wasn't at New Year's Eve, but um Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be posting that because if there is a fire, they should be trying to actively put it out. They're not you know because then all you got all you have is people going on YouTube and going, The house next to me is burning, check this out. (laughs) And then they're posting videos of that.
0: I tell you what, a world before Facebook, this isn't a problem. So so maybe Facebook's the problem. I don't know. Okay. Well, we we've, we've established a job aid is not going to solve this problem. Thank you very much for entertaining that issue. And again, this uh you'll find this link at mosby.ca/017. And uh Gibbs, I'd like to kind of turn it over to you because you you said that you had this recent experience that that did specifically tie into training. Um uh, many of your experiences do not that we've heard about so far, but this particular <laughs> hey. one did. I, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have many um, life experiences. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, you've lived a long and, and and storied life, so that's good. So tell us, tell us this this particular story. You were where were you? This is a restaurant. This was a grocery store. Where no, you? it was
1: a grocery store. And so, you know, so I guess for me, customer service in the last well, let's just say a decade or so, has gone down really bad. Um, You know, it's like, and I don't know, I don't want to say it's the generations, et cetera, or not. Uh, Oh, boy. You know. uh, Oh, boy,
2: it's all the millennials. uh,
1: It's all those Adams and Dans. Um, But so couple things happen and there's a certain grocery store i go to all the time not always the best customer service um i do like this grocery store for the fact that it um hires people with special special needs um which i definitely appreciate and applaud uh but the overall customer service is really bad so there's been times when i have gone there and um you know, there's this one time a cashier, like, no baggers. Never have enough baggers, first of all. And, oh, it sounds and,
2: like my grocery yeah, store. Does it, it is, start with a K?
1: Yes, it is your grocery store. <laughs> and so, like, you're bagging the stuff, right? Because they didn't have enough enough baggers. This is me and the girl who was the cashier was, like, rang up all my stuff. And then, instead of helping me bag... She's, like, looking at her nails and then gives me this look, like, are you going to put your card in to pay? Because I'm waiting for you to pay. Like, didn't even help me. So, that's just one of the many things where it's just, like, terrible. So, this last time, well, it's not the last time, but when I went there a few weeks ago... Um, so, I'm in line, I put all my stuff on there. The cashier doesn't even look at me, doesn't even say hello, doesn't even say, Did you find everything okay, etc. And so, as Adam knows, at this store, they send coupons. So, they track what you buy with your rewards card, and then they send you coupons. So, you know, I have all these coupons. And I give it, first thing I do is I give them to the girl. And then she goes through all my stuff. And then she's like, "Well, your total is blah blah blah," and I was like, "Well, did you put uh, did you uh, put my coupons in? You know, in a nice way, right?" And she's like, "No," and I was like, "Well, can you put them in?" She's like, "I can't do that anymore because it already charged a full amount." Oh. And, and I was like, "So you can't do it?" And
0: she's like, well, so "No." Hang on. So you had you had handed her the coupons, yeah. and and she and...
1: forgot. And then she, she says, well, you have to go to customer service, take the receipt and go to customer service and they'll take all the coupons off for you.
0: Sounds helpful.
1: Which was not, well, and first of all, you know, I kind of get angry when I go grocery shopping there because again, don't have enough baggers and not enough cashiers, but she didn't even apologize. She didn't say something like, and I didn't, what didn't say in the meanwhile, I was like, Hey, did you remember my coupons? And she's like, no you need to go to customer service because it's too
0: late. But didn't... Now, he, is it possible that there was a slight edge to your voice when you asked her?
1: Uh, not at that moment. Okay. But but basically... Surely
0: thereafter, there was yeah, an edge.
1: <laughs> after, it was not nice. And so, but she didn't even apologize. She didn't even say, sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry, I forgot. She was like, I can't do it. You have to go to customer service. So, of course, I'm bagging my stuff Right, because the other person who is helping me bag, uh, not a special needs person, but a you know, nor uh, you know, completely you know, person who can be doing. How you gonna dig out of this one? Guess. Yeah. It's no shit. <laughs> this is
0: what? fun to watch though.
1: <laughs> so I'm bagging, and this cashier is like
0: they're not, glaring they're not at me. Uh, but they're, ooh. Glaring at
1: me like it's my fault. That I shouldn't be upset that I that she forgot to put the coupons. Like glaring at me like I'm a bitch, right? And so I was getting heated.
0: And Is it possible she had history with you?
1: No, I've never seen this girl yeah. in my life. And so I'm <laughs> sitting there because, you know, Maybe they it, turn over a lot. Her. That's
0: why she's pissed off. <laughs> they
1: turn over a lot. And so I'm bagging and stuff. And she says something like, oh, no. So the bagger says, do you need help out? And I'm like, no, I have to go to customer service now because you guys all forgot to put my coupons in. Because by then I was pissed because the girl was mm-hmm. glaring at me like mm-hmm. it was my problem. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went to the customer service to get my coupons. And, of course, for me, by that time, I was like, I need a manager right now. I, you can't help me. Oh,
2: you, you did the manager call. Yes,
1: I was pissed. And so I went to the manager and this lady's like smiling the whole time and she's trying to be nice. And I was like, look, I was like, here's my issue. I explained the situation and I'm like, and here's the issue is this has always been the problem. You guys have issues with teaching your people customer service skills. I was like, I'm sure I am not the first person to complain already about the service that you all give. And she smiled the whole time and I said, this is probably like your seventh one today. And she's like, yeah, we, we get that a lot, et cetera. And you know, and I was like, do you guys not care about your employees? Do you guys not have training classes on how to give customer service? I said, because you are only hurting your business. And on, and I said, and "You right now, the really reason I come to you is because you were the closest store, grocery store within six miles of my house. Did you leave
2: her a a Mosby Learning consulting package with you? I wanted (laughs) to. And she was like, like,
1: yeah, yeah, I know we have problems, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, but you know, when this girl leaves, she's not going to be a better employee. She's going to go around and do the same things. And she's never going to get further in life because she doesn't know how to give customer service. And I said, so either one of the things I said so you're hurting him. And she's like, well, robots will eventually be taking all their jobs.
0: That's that's telling.
1: And and then she starts laughing. I'm like, true. So how are you going to help her get a better job that a robot will not have?
2: You were just going off. Yeah,
1: because I was pissed. And it takes a lot for me to get angry. And so I just had it. And so it ended up, you know how she fixed the problem for me, how the manager fixed my problem? She gave me $10 back. Ooh. an extra well, did $10 that cover the coupons. On, no, I got like $7 back from the coupons and then $10. She's like, uh, so she oh, talked the, to the sure. little, the person that works the desk and says, give her $10 on top of her coupons.
0: Hmm. Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. I mean, that's that's obviously not a great story. Um, it's a, kind of a lengthy one, but I think the uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the points Shut you know up. fair that. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, but, <laughs> no, but I, I can tell point's... you
2: you know from a customer service perspective, it's pervasive at this organization um, because our.
0: Customer grocery store, Yes, grocery or like, store, yeah, yeah
2: organization okay. grocery store, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, well, I, don't, them, I don't know if you're
0: talking about your organization. No, or not. this
2: this organization, they the one that Gibbs is talking about, because we happen to shop at the same one, not uh, the same, not same place. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, 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 whoops. I who there we go. Um, but ours is horrible. <laughs> also, our our customer service at the place is is horrible, and actually was in there on. Two days before New Year's. So what, th- three days ago, four days ago. And when you think about well, when are you going to be probably really busy? Well, probably two days before New Year's. You're going to be really mm-hmm. busy. How do you have one lane open? Yeah. How do you not schedule accordingly? That, you, you know, your entire basis. So you they had a line of people wrapped around into the aisles standing there with cash in hand. Hi, can I pay you? And people are getting mad. And it yeah. was ridiculous. And then they're sitting there and we have the same bagging issues. So, so it's really something that she's talking about that you can see that the company doesn't invest in the customer service or really thinking about how they make people better um, for their, their actual guest experience.
0: Yeah. Oh, speaking of guest experiences, Adam, you have recently been a guest of, uh, I have. Of the mouse.
2: The mouse, yes. Love the mouse because that ties actually – I tossed that in on the show notes there. Ties into customer service. I just got back from um, seven-day
0: cruise with Disney and – Now, my – just just jumping real quick, I'm sorry. My understanding is as soon as you get near a a Disney sort of – uh, you know, you know, a facility or a cruise, do they hand you a glass of Kool-Aid as soon as you get in there? <laughs> Is that how it works? Um, once they verify that your checking account
2: and your credit card goes through, <laughs> absolutely. Everything's you on, on board. You, you pay for that right. Kool-Aid, but All you right. like it too. Um, but you want to talk about customer service and, uh-huh. you know, I was looking a little bit and I wanted to, do, I didn't have a chance to do as much research as I wanted to, but, you um, the Disney does specific, they're phenomenal for customer service and they actually outsource some of their customer service to other companies at the Disney Institute. But you see it all throughout the uh-huh. parks. You see it in You know, our servers on the cruise, if you haven't been on Disney Cruise, highly recommend it. Um, Bar none is amazing. They go out of their way to make sure your experience is fantastic and make sure your kids are is fantastic. And these are these are people that are working 14 hours a day, six months straight with no days off. Um, We talked to our server. They get no days off in six months. None. Uh They get a couple hours off. So they will do like breakfast, lunch, and dinner most days. And then some days they don't have to do breakfast and lunch. But they always have to do dinner. And there's two dinner servings. Each one is over two hours long. So in six months, they get no days off. And these people were going out of their way to make my kids happy, excited. We're talking magic tricks. It was ridiculous. My son, who's four years old, came to dinner um, by the third day do you have a magic trick today? (laughs) Uh There are servers they're serving us food, Um, but they're phenomenal. Um, And so much so that I will say, and I'll stop bragging on Disney, but so much so that our room store steward, he did a good job. I mean, he cleaned the room adequately. It was noticed that in, if we went to anywhere else, we would have said, Oh, it was good. I mean, clean the service because he wasn't above and beyond we actually noticed he was one of the one of the cast members that we came in contact with that was not above and beyond.
1: But still really good.
2: Was Yeah, he was. He, well, let's say he was good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say
0: really good. He was OK.
1: See, his Laura story was as long as mine.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the training <laughs> side of this.
2: <laughs> let's talk um, about
0: Disney. No, so, okay, So we've got it backwards again. <laughs> All right. No, but they do have, um, they do have folks that go there and train specifically. I, you know, do you know any more about the whole, the way that they kind of, uh, uh, kind of shop out the, their customer service experiences?
2: I do, a bit briefly and the disney institute from that side but i do know how they train some of their cast members their cast members they, they go through even the small things in training to make a magical experience for mm-hmm. their guests and when they look at it it's basically that's their marching orders how do you make a magical experience for the guests um so much so that you know they don't point they use their hand gestures that are different. Um, they go even – I was reading an article about how Disney trains customer service. And they will you know, not just say, you know, where's Mickey? They have to think about how they say where's Mickey because there's multiple Mickeys in the park. And so things of thinking about the guest experience is what they do. And, and it's it, it permeates.
1: And, you know, um, Disney Institute, which is in Disney World – actually they give customer service workshops to Mm -hmm. other companies and other companies send it so they learn how to be as customer service awesome as disney because they're world class
0: thanks for listening yep um i agree and uh, I just I, I can't I can't drink the Kool Aid, guys. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm I'm excited, and I you know I've had one experience at Disney. It was um it was fine. The, 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 magical the, the experience. Oh no, magical. The okay the yeah, but you're pretty curmudgeon-y, there, so
1: you're so hard to yeah, please. Yeah, you shut up.
0: You probably like. <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to bleep that again. That's great. Okay. <laughs> I'll just jot down that time code. Mine was a
1: mistake. <laughs> His was straight out.
0: <laughs> yeah, well. Um, okay, so is there anything else that you guys want to talk about, about customer service training, the training side of it? No. Oh, it's a sad day for Mosby. okay uh, then we're gonna move on to the uh, the, next, uh, the next the next what well, we're just about done here folks. there's only one more thing that I do want to touch on and that is kind of a, a favorite thing or I well, it's really I like to call it a good thing. It's a good thing. And this is uh, this is something that I got for Christmas. Well, I didn't get it for Christmas. My kid got it for Christmas from um, my my sister. But I happen to know the author of this book. It's a book called Ping, and it's written by a woman named Annie Castillo. And it's a really cool book that talks about kind of kind of addresses the locus of control. Um, that you have certain control over things, but you don't really have control over the outcomes of those things or the idea is with the ping, you put something out into the world, but you don't know necessarily what comes back to you, you know? And, um, well, that's not, you know, unlike this podcast. We we put it together. We put it out into the world. We don't know what comes back. If there is something you want to send back about it, Mosby, uh, MosbyLearning at gmail.com. You can do that there. But this is, uh, it's, a, it's a really beautiful book. It's, it's, it, it would appear as though it's created for a child, but I think the... I think it's bigger than that and, and she when she any I actually had the privilege of meeting her a couple times because she's a good friend of my sister's and um, she's a fascinating woman she's really really cool she's got a great story and you know keeps getting better in this particular book she she wrote it and illustrated it basically as a philosophy uh, book but it's very accessible language for kids it kind of helped me um, you know you, you, you can you can put really complicated ideas in front of kids if you have the right analogy or the right story to go with it and this was certainly one of them so that was a cool book
2: that does look delicious
0: so i'll have a link to the show notes uh for that as well all right all right ladies and gentlemen we're going to wrap this up the like i said the show notes you can find those mosby.cs uh slash zero one seven and uh twitter we're, we are mosby uh, at mosby learning on twitter is that right do i have that right we are. that is correct it, it's a beautiful handle because that's the name of the show, so <laughs> it just it really comes together nicely. Just rhymes, <laughs> in yes, in that sense. And I didn't print off the page that has all of the. Uh, there we go, all of the different uh, different contacts. All right, uh, Gibbs, where do you want people to find you? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I love it. G I B B S. Thank you very much, Adam. How about yourself? Yeah, what folks find l- l- you if they were LinkedIn so or Twitter. LinkedIn or Twitter. Oh, this is interesting. Now you're saying Twitter too. Do you mean? Do you mean uh, Mosby Learning? You mean uh, at Mosby Learning?
2: Well, yeah. Or you can go with the uh, the personal Twitter. Looking at those followers too. I don't know. Uh, okay. MSU well, Spartan with no A. At the end. What is it? MSU SPA RTN. MSU
0: M-S-S-S-P-A. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say it. You said it. You guys just, we'll just stay it with it. Mo- we'll stay go, with the Mosby Learning or. Go with Mosby. Uh, learning. Just that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you can find me if you were looking. Uh, LinkedIn, you can just find me, Dan Hurt, H I R T. If you're on Instagram, Dan Talks Training. That's what I am there. Uh, Twitter, Dan Talks L N as a Nancy, D, Dantox, L-N-D. And uh, YouTube, I am on the YouTubes, and so are a lot of the, uh, well, some of the podcast episodes that we've had so far. I put them out there. I'm going to try to put little snippets for for appropriate pieces as well. And uh, I am just, I think I'm just Daniel Hurt. So if you look me up, Daniel Hurt, you can find me on YouTube. And that's where you can find these uh, these shows as well. Uh, if you're looking for the music that you hear during these shows, you can probably go to Incompetech.com. Check that out. That's Kevin McLeod does a lot of this work here. And that's it. So please check it out. If I, if I can give you one small thing to, to ask is just let us know maybe where you're hearing this and you can, uh, you can reach out to us individually on our uh, various social media platforms or you can email us at, uh, well, mosbelearning at gmail.com. And as soon as that email comes in, Adam is going to tweet out some sort of bat signal that lets us know that we got it. So thank you guys very much for listening, Adam and Cynthia. Thank you both. And we'll talk to you next week. See ya.
1: Bye. See ya!
0: All right, friends. That's another podcast. This is what you do. I've, I've heard previously you are the average of the five people you spend the most. You probably like c- 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 and I'm going to stop recording